All right, welcome to the sports mashup number 84, November 2nd, 2022. First one of November. Really have the sports calendar going in the next few months. So this could be longer than uh the normal episodes, maybe consistently. We'll find out, I suppose. Um, let's start in the NBA, where you have Darius Garland, first practice since suffering his eye injury for the Cavs. Big game for the Cavs tonight against the Celtics, potential Eastern Conference. Finals preview in November. You never know. Uh, but I think the was it the cat? I can't remember the Cavs or Celtics for the one point favorite in tonight's game. Celtics minus one on the road. Uh, but I think it helps Cleveland that they have Donovan Mitchell there. So I feel like that's a huge factor for their success as well. Um, the 76ers they lose two second round picks after an NBA investigation. It was for early discussions with players before free agency was open, so tampering, I suppose. One was P.J. Tucker. I didn't even recognize the other guy's name. Well, I don't think anybody's really surprised by this. No. And then, I mean, this is what's shocking is that the Nets fire head coach Steve Nash, and they are hiring M.A. Udoka, the head coach who is going to start the year as the Celtics head coach before he was suspended. Yeah, you know, I'm disappointed for my guy, Steve Nash. Uh, I'm sure he's relieved given the circus that that is that organization and being there in the last few years. Especially it's going to be even more now with Udoka coming in. And I'll say this, I mean. But I think Udoka was there before. Before he went to Boston? Yeah. Could be. I don't remember. Uh, but I, I will... thought that I had read that he was coming back. I did see that KD said he was shocked that they fired Steve Nash. Yeah, that could be a lie, but you never know. Uh, the Nets are off to a bad start. It's just been a complete disaster there. I think blowing it up might have been the right move over the summer, distancing yourself from Kyrie Irving. And, yeah, he was an assistant there for a couple seasons. So he went from being an assistant for the Nets to head coach for the Celtics, back to the Nets as their head coach. So uh, very interesting, very interesting. I, I, I don't know that this is going to help the fact that the Nets are a complete circus. Uh, but Udoka had success last season. Obviously, the reason that he's not with the Celtics anymore and the reason that the Celtics just let him go has nothing to do with basketball. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I feel like the Nets are headed towards a serious blow-up, and yeah. I think you got to get as many picks as possible if you're the Nets because there's really no young, high-level talent there right now. And they've, also, uh, they've started this year without Seth Curry as well. He's been hurt. Yeah, and what's their record? Two and six, I think. Ben Simmons won't shoot, even though Kyrie gave him the ball inside the charge circle, and he still passed it out for someone to shoot a three when he was wide open for a layup. They've had like the same issues every single season they've had Kyrie and KD there. So at what point do you just give up and move on? Because I don't know, I mean, how badly did Kyrie want to come back in the summer? KD didn't want to come back. So it's it's a, it's an ugly situation. Yeah, I don't know. But lastly, in the NBA, uh, there was a thing: points per game in the first six starts. Three of these guys, you definitely or you know all of them. Jordan's on here, Shaq's on here, and Allen Iverson's on here. Who do you think had the least amount of points per game between the three of them in their first six starts? Jordan. Yep, he's at number five, 23 and a half points per game. 
I figured there had to be an unexpected answer there with that one. Uh, Shaq is at number two with 26.3. Allen Iverson's at 23.7. Number one is shocking. Uh, it's Jeremy Lin at 26.8. <laughs> but Paolo Benchero, number four, tied Jordan at 23.5 points per game in his first six starts. And he's playing for a Magic team that might not win 10 games. I mean, if you watch them play, Jesus, they're bad. But his first game, he did put somebody on a poster. I did see that, yeah. I will say this about the Magic. Uh, I've not watched very much of them, but I assume they're very bad. A lot of young talent, though. I mean, uh, they got Wagner from last year's draft, obviously Bonchero there. Those two Uh, have been what seem to have been carrying the team so far. Yeah, they're going to be bad, though, no doubt. They're just really, really young. They're similar to OKC. Except Wendell in the OKC's Carter, further along. Wendell Carter's back or down there now after he was drafted from the Bulls. He's been, trade. Yeah. he's been playing well. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe a few years from now. I mean, the Thunder looked pretty good, and they were in a similar situation a couple years ago with the amount of young players they have. You just need to have one that sticks out and leads the team like Shy Gilgis Alexander did for them. It could be Bonchero a couple years from now. So. All right, let's go to the NFL, where the trade deadline has become kind of like a uh, a show now. There's actual trades, significant players being moved now. That hasn't yeah, always I been mean, the case. There's 12 big trades and then two signings. Yeah. Uh, the first one we'll get to here is Robert Quinn going from the Bears to the Eagles for a fourth in 2023. Pretty much a trade where the Bears should have moved him last in the offseason, uh, coming off of a huge season. Now he hasn't been as good this year. They only get a fourth, so... No, now they've they've lost three quarters of their defensive front from yeah. last year. Yeah. Akeem Hicks, Quinn, and then your next one will be the third. Uh, yeah. Kadarius Toney from the Giants to the Chiefs for a 2023 third-round compensatory and a six-round pick. Kadarius Toney uh... – so what does that I, even mean on that third round pick? I'm assuming it has it's like third round plus money or um I assume it wasn't a conditional pick. Yeah, I assume that it has something to do with the Chiefs getting a compensatory pick from uh like the I don't know if it would be the Tyree Kill, because it would I, maybe the Tyron Matthew losing him get a comp pick for that in free agency? Because usually teams get comp picks for losing players in free agency. So it has to be someone that they lost. And Tyron Matthews like the only one I can think of of significance. So it could be that. Um, but Canarius Tony, I, I assume he's going to be better with the Chiefs if he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy with the Giants. He showed flashes, but he just hasn't even been close to being able to consistently be on the field. So yeah. I think this is a good move for him. And if you're the Giants getting something back, I feel like that's that's good. Yeah, but how much does this hurt them? Because they, I mean, Tony was hurt. Yeah. And then they weren't even really doing anything with Galladay. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they are a team that's figured out how to win without having explosive receivers down the field. But I well, think that they're going to learn this, that they need that. That yeah. was until this past week. Yeah. Uh, he also had Roquan Smith from the Bears to the Ravens for – Linebacker AJ Klein and a second and a fifth round pick in 2023. I think the only question for this move is the Bears are going to have a ton of cap space. So 
it's a little bit surprising that they're not going to try to keep Roquan Smith around long term. Who's leading the NFL in tackles. Yeah. Who is shocked by getting traded. I mean, yeah, he wanted paid before the year. But still showed up and was playing, lead, doing everything he could. And now I don't know if the Ravens are doing this because they think Calais Campbell's going to be out longer. I don't or know. What. Yeah, but don't know. this uh, picture, this was after that Roquan Smith trade. The Bears draft picks in 2023. They have a first round, which is their own. A second round, which is their own. Second round from the Ravens. A third round that's their own. Fourth round that's their own. A fourth round from the Eagles. Their own fifth round. A fifth round from the Ravens. And a seventh round, which is their own. Plus over $100 million salary cap. Well, Ryan Poles, the GM there now, has a chance to make this his own team. And we'll see if he does that. To build around Singletary and Fields. And I guess they're off-season wide receiver signings. And Valdez Scantling and... Or no, not Valdez Scantling and... Uh, man, who'd they... Why do I always forget who they got Who they got from the Packers? Equinemy of St. Brown. Yeah, St. Brown. And then that's... Who else? What other receiver do they get in the offseason? Um, I don't remember. They got a lot of lower-level ones. Are they dealt the one to the Steelers who got hurt? Kevin White. Anthony Miller? Yes. They dealt away him, got rid of Allen Robinson. Yeah. See, I mean, open up a lot. And then another one, a trade that didn't happen. The Rams supposedly offered two first-round picks to the Panthers for Brian Burns. That's how hard stuck on them that they are not getting rid of him. Turned down two first-round picks for him. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to build your defense around the guy, then I guess you do that. But I would have taken the, the two first probably, even though the problem with that – is that the Rams don't have a first round pick for a couple more years, so it probably wouldn't have been would have been first round picks down the road. So I understand not taking yeah. that. And then you're just trying to replace Brian Burns with the loss of Von Miller. Yeah. Uh, you had Bradley Chubb from the Broncos to the Dolphins. The Dolphins get Chubb in a 2025 fifth round pick. The Broncos get running back Chase Edmonds, a 2023 first. From the Niners in a 2024 fourth. Solid move. I'm surprised they dealt Chubb, but. Uh, yeah, if you can get a first, I, you probably just take it and figure it out from there. It's like the Broncos have never struggled to find good defensive players or have a good defense. So And losing their other running, uh, what, Javante Williams. Javante Williams, yeah. So you get Chase Edmonds in there. Yeah, and then just when you think that the Dolphins are going to roll with Raheem Mostert, they trade for a running back as well. So, Yeah. But Chase Edmonds, didn't he start for the 49ers? So maybe Mike McDaniels has. Or no, I guess he left. Started for the, started for the Dolphins. These are the Arizona first. 
last year or a couple years ago. But uh, then you had uh, Chase Claypool from the Steelers to the Bears for a 2023 second. And this is a complete overpay if I've ever seen one. But I guess the Bears – this seemed to me more of the Bears trying to outbid the Packers and keep him away from Green Bay than anything. But I'm not going to, you know, get all wrapped up in that because I don't know if that's the case. But that seems kind of what it was like in the Steelers – Pretty much, uh, allegedly, I mean, a lot of Steelers people reported this. Pretty much, they think the Bears pick is going to be better than the Packers pick in the second round. Packers offered a second. And in typical fashion, the Packers finished second for another player, which I'm fine with. I mean, a second for Claypool is too much. Yeah, it so is. it was some – it was a Bears podcast or whatever. Somebody can – this was before the trade happened. Uh, he compared Chase Claypool to Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's asinine. It's not even close. But the, I mean, the only he, he, the only, he didn't say though. He's like he he's only played for broke arm Ben, Mitch Trubisky, and then Kenny Pick it. Clever. Well, I'll say this: I don't think Justin Fields is much better than those guys right now. So, I mean, you can praise Fields all you want. I agree. There's something there they can win with him. I think probably, but. I mean, he still lacks in the accuracy department. I mean, I don't know why they're acting like Fields is an established quarterback. But this does give him a big target because Claypool is a big receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be – we'll see. I mean, I just think that given they gave up too much. Uh, Calvin Ridley, suspended for the year, is traded from the Falcons to the Jaguars for an at-max 2023rd fifth-round and 2024 second round. It's con- these are both conditional picks, but at max, that is what they will be. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not surprised that the uh, that they decided to move on. If you're Atlanta, I think that's fine. You get something back for him, you take it. He hasn't played in a long time, so it makes sense. It's just it's like where in this trade deadline do you trade – Picks away for a suspended player. It's true. I mean, so the guy hasn't played basically in two years, and you're gonna, he's just gonna come in. Well, there's a lot of, uh, you know, conditional deals with this. Uh, I think at the one that gets it gets to a second round pick if he signs there long term, I think. So, and the game he bet on last year. Was the Falcons to beat the Jags? Poetic, poetic, <laughs> it's poetic. Uh, and this, this is, you, you, this one you have to love inner, yeah, inner division in your own fan base division. Yeah, this is a bit of a surprising one. T.J. Hawkinson from the Lions of the Vikings. The Vikings get Hawkinson and a fourth for twenty twenty three, conditional twenty twenty four third. Lions get twenty twenty three second and twenty twenty four third. So. Uh, if you're the Lions, you get some value back here. I don't think Hawkinson is quite as good as was expected. He's a good player, there's no doubt. And if you're the Vikings, you're getting very aggressive here, going all in on Kirk Cousins. So we'll see how it works well, out. You, you lost Irv Smith for yep four to five to weeks, weeks with an ankle. I think it's eight to ten. Uh-huh. Yesterday it was four to five. Uh, well, I heard eight to but ten. You know. get Hawkinson, who's at who's also not just receiving – he's an Iowa guy, kind of like Kittle. He likes blocking. 
but it was a young guy. He was the eighth overall pick from the Lions, a young guy from the build around him and St. Brown. And now they're like, yeah, let's just get rid of everything. Yeah, I understand it, but it can. It, I mean, it's still a little bit puzzling or surprising that they did it. Uh, and then this trade tore Pat McAfee apart. Naheem Hines from the Colts to the Bills for Zach Moss in a 2023 conditional fifth-round pick. He goes, I get a guy who can do everything, who's underutilized from the Colts, but is good for the community and returns punts and kickoffs. Now going to the Bills and we get Zach Moss. So when someone said kept adding Zach Moss, I think it was Boston Connor, he's like, yeah, but does Zach Moss re- return kicks? <laughs> I didn't think so. He said even Naheem Hines when he would go, when he goes that return he said I'm all right I'm going I'm all right if I die on this play. <laughs> well, the Bills will be able to use him more. I don't know if they will. I mean, they have Singletary and James Cook, but we'll see. But I think him being able to be used in the return game and as a way better scat back than either of those two guys. Like he could turn into how Eckler started, or some of those other like Darren Sproles type. Just get him open on a little inside slant and on a motion play. Yeah, and then he, he's he's got so much speed, he's gone. Yeah, I think the Bills will be able to use him well. Uh, these last few trades, I'm just gonna. There's really no real analysis to have here, so. Uh, Rashad Fenton from the – that's cornerback Rashad Fenton from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Falcons for a conditional 2023 seventh, pretty much a player that didn't – that lost his spot, I would say. Yeah, basically this is opening up some money from the Chiefs in the early trade for Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Uh, and then you had Jeff Wilson Jr. from the 49ers to the Dolphins for a 2023 fifth-round pick. So they replace uh, Chase Edmonds with Jeff Wilson Jr., a guy who Mike McDaniels has worked with in the past. Yep. Uh, Defensive end, I believe it's Jacob Martin. And a 2024 fifth from the Jets to the Broncos for a 2024 fourth. The Broncos replacing Chubb because they're really thin at pass rusher now, pretty much. Yeah, cornerback William Jackson the third in a 2025 20, conditional seventh round from Washington to Pittsburgh for a 2025 conditional six. This is trying to fill the depth that the Steelers need at corner. Then you had Josh Gordon signed with the Titans practice squad. And Willie Sneed signs with the 49ers. Couple of troubled wide receivers. We'll see if they f- get to play. Who knows? Uh, and then uh, on the Vikings schedule, seven of the final eleven quarterbacks on their schedule: Taylor Heineke, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, Sam Ellinger, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields. We'll see. <laughs> kind of sounds like smooth sailing for the Vikings, but. You they'll never have known. their slip-ups here and there. I think they'll they'll win the division, but I don't think that they'll I mean, yeah, the Heineke one, you never know there. Uh Jared Goff, say, that should be a that should be a gimme game for them, especially with Hawkinson coming back to play. They got Mac Jones slash Bailey Zappi. You never know who it's gonna be. They got uh 
that's the so, Thanksgiving game. So, so you, you got Zach know. Wilson. Wild Fields and Wilson are wild cards. And then Daniel Jones, you don't know what Giants Another team are showing one. up. Yeah, and then I guess who are the other four? Rodgers uh, again. No, Sam Ellinger. Ellinger. That was seven of the final 11. But the other four quarterbacks would be Rodgers. And then they have uh, – they got Josh Allen, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they got – I they, got, they already played the Bills. I thought two their one losses oh, to November thirteenth. Their losses to the uh, Eagles. Oh yeah. Two. They got Dak, Josh Allen, Rogers, and I think that's it. Because I don't see another. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's do the Week Eight recap. Oh, and Christian McCaffrey is the first player in Super Bowl era to have 30-plus yards and a one a rushing touchdown receiving and a passing touchdown in a single game. And it's worked so far for them. Yeah. But, yeah, Thursday night you had uh, the Ravens beat the Bucks 27-22. Bucks started strong and then stalled. Ravens ran and dumped. All over the second half. Yeah, I mean, it was another tough performance for Tampa. I think that it's pretty much them and the Packers and maybe even the Rams really, really need to get a win this week. Um, if they don't, it's it's a but really tough But the Bucs are spot. playing the Rams. That is true. I forgot about that. And the Packers are playing the Lions, so, you know. But who knows I, if Cooper Cup's going to be playing with his ankle issue? You know what? I think this is the week for the Bucks. I thought about picking them. I didn't, but somehow they're the three-point favorite. I don't know how they're staying the favorite after losing three in a row. But well, the Rams have been bad too. That's what they got going for them. So, uh, London game: Broncos beat the Jags twenty-one seventeen. The Jags continue to struggle in fourth quarters, and one of the worst teams in the league in the fourth quarter. I still think the Broncos stink. This doesn't tell me much. I mean, Russ Wilson had his moments, but. This is still not a good football team in my eyes. No. I didn't even – I watched like the first quarter of this game and then took a little nap till the rest of the game started. Yeah, it was a bad game. Um, the Falcons beat the Panthers 37-34 to in overtime. DJ Moore made a great 60-yard touchdown to tie, but then takes his helmet off in the end zone to celebrate, gets a big penalty. Pinheiro misses the long field goal, then misses a field goal, a closer field goal, end overtime, and Young Ku comes and does what he does. Well, I'll say this. If you're the Panthers and you're a Panthers fan, you're trying to tank a little bit, you know, uh, have a little fun, still lose. I feel like that's not that bad of a result for them. No, P.J. Walker has been playing well. Yeah, maybe he's the guy. You never know. Uh, the Cowboys beat the Bears 49-29. Bears offense, I think, is improving. They're scoring points. Defense is a problem, especially with how much they've gutted that defense up front in the last two years. With Mack being traded in the summer, letting Hicks go, trading Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, the front is is gutted. Secondary is not too bad. And was the Robert Cowboys Quinn trade done want. before this game? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't look very good. 
Yeah, their defense is a problem. And I believe the Cowboys offense looks way more be- like way better with Tony Pollard being the starting running back. Yep, I agree. I understand. Yes, yeah, Zeke is still a really good running back in the league, but, but he just does not seem to fit into that offense. Yeah, I as agree. well as Tony Pollard does. They need a little bit more speed. They like to get to the outside, and yeah, I, I feel like signing Zeke to that deal was probably the wrong move. But who knows? If if Pollard isn't locked up, some need some team needs to pay him some money. Yeah, I think they will. Um, then you had the Dolphins beat the Lions, thirty-one to twenty-seven. The Dolphins abused the Lions secondary so bad the Lions fired their defensive back coach after the game. Yeah, this was a very high-flying game early. There were a lot of points scored right away. I think the first five drives of the game might have been touchdown drives. But, uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill is just – he's a weapon. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, him and Waddle both. Yeah. And then you get down to the end zone, you have those two speedsters, and then Mike Giusecki just standing around saying, I'm a big guy out here. Just throw it up if you need me. Yep. Uh, The Vikings beat the Cardinals 34-26. Cardinals blow a few chances to win. The Vikings continue to rack up wins. I mean, Arizona had a chance. DeAndre Hopkins was really, really good um, in this game. Made a couple really great catches. But uh, Arizona just not – they're just not a very good football team. They should be much better than they are. Which maybe another week under uh, practice, which I did learn that we discussed about. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was not able to practice while he was suspended. Yeah, it's probably that sounds right. I mean, I would have probably guessed that, but so him getting some more practice time. Yeah. Definitely helped. Uh, the Saints blanked the Raiders 24 to nothing. Kamara finally finds the end zone three times, me in fact. And the Raiders looked horrible. The Raiders Darren Waller still sitting terrible. out. Uh, Hunter Infra, I believe, had one catch for six yards. Derek Carr looked awful. They yeah, brought him their back up at one point. This season has been a total failure for the Raiders. Uh, just terrible. I mean, I feel like McDaniel's already lost that team. Yeah, Basekia, this team might be looking a little different if he was at the helm. Could be, yeah. Uh, Patriots do what they do, which is beat the Jets 22-17. Jets aren't all the way back yet. Zach Wilson throws three interceptions in Belichick's 13th straight win over the Jets. I don't know. I mean, Zach Wilson's inconsistent. The Jets are a much better football team when they're able to rely on running the football rather than keeping it in Wilson's hands, and this was pretty much on display in this game. Yeah, they just didn't have much time with uh, James Robinson being traded late in the week. I think the Brees Hall injury might have screwed up this offense. Yeah, I mean, James Robinson Robinson could fill that void to a a limit, but him being there for only a couple days. Well, the good thing is they also have Michael Carter, who's a pretty good back and a little bit similar to – Hall, so they can figure that out, I'm sure. Yeah, you would hope. Uh, I did. There was a stat earlier that saw it was a comparison between Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson over their first 17 starts, and they're pretty similar. That seems right. Yeah. Uh, you had the Eagles 
uh, beat the Steelers 35 to 13. AJ Brown catches three touchdowns and the Eagles stay undefeated. This was not a game from the start. I mean, the Eagles are just so much better. No. The Steelers only touchdown was on a trick play. It was a, re- or not even a reverse. What do they call those? It's not a handoff. It's actually called a pass. Touch pass. Yeah, where he just catches it and drops it and play pool through it. To, I don't even remember who he threw it to. I don't remember either. But, yeah, it wasn't a game. It wasn't a game. Uh, A.J. Brown's former team, the Titans, beat the Texans 17-10. Derrick Henry owns the Texans. Four straight games against the Texans with 200 rushing yards. Yeah. And he tied Eddie George's record for most games consecutively against the same team with two rushing touchdowns, which he's done it four times straight against the Texans. Pretty good, yeah. I don't remember who Eddie George's was against. But yeah, the Titans kind of figured their season out. So things are evening out in that division, but now they go into Kansas City on Sunday night. So we'll find out a little bit more about them. Yeah, the teams that we talked about at the beginning of the year thing, and they might win the division and have totally flipped. Yeah, things are starting to come back down to Colts and, Colts and Jags. Back down at the bottom. Yep. Oh, come right into that. The Commanders beat the Colts 17-16. to Heineke throws a late bomb to Scary Terry to get to the one, and then Heineke sneaks it in. Uh, and then Michael Pittman Jr. drops an absolute dime from Sam Ellinger that would have got them to at least the 45 on the I... other side of the 50. I mean, no excuse. Perfectly led, right in the hands, drops it. This all ends with Frank Reich being fired, I think, for Indy. They've just been terrible. Their roster's too good to be this bad. And uh, I think a big factor is probably the fact that they just fired their OC after this game. And I think that eventually leads to them firing Reich as well. So I think it's over for him there eventually but this is just another terrible loss and Washington wins another game where you're like they probably shouldn't win that game but they do and they've been much better with uh or much better with Heineke at quarterback over Wentz which isn't a surprise to most people I wouldn't think yeah uh 49ers beat the Rams 31 to, or that's you I guess it is, yes. Uh, the Niners <laughs> beat the Rams 31-14. Uh, McCaffrey does it all. He throws one, runs one, catches one. Just a, a beat down. And the Rams always struggle against the Niners. I didn't think it would happen this week, given that it was in L.A., but just another case where it happens again. And McCaffrey's pass wasn't like it was a flutter either. Like He threw a good ball. Led Ayuk yeah. right, right on dot. Yep, pretty good. Uh the Seahawks beat the Giants 27 to 13. Seahawks knocked the Giants down a peg, giving them their second loss. Still my questions about Seattle, but they found a way to win. Beating a uh, six and one Giants team says a lot, but they find ways to win. I Tyler mean. Lockett actually had a good game. DK Metcalf scored. Yeah, Gino's I, getting it done. 
They are doing it. Uh, and they, all of a sudden, we talked about thinking that Drew Locke was going to be their quarterback, and now Gino's showing us that we should have shut our mouths in the summer. That is true. That is true. Um, all right. The Bills beat the Packers 27-17 on Sunday Night Football. The Packers' offense moved the ball, but their defense was brutal in the first half. Close. I think the game was a little bit close to the score indicates. Obviously, the OPI on Tunyon wiped out a touchdown. But uh, the Packers defense is much better in the second half. I killed me in fantasy. I'm like, yes, Tendon's getting me close. It was a terrible call, too. I had Nick Chubb going Monday, and my opponent was done with anybody. And then when Tendon got that called off, I was like, oh, here we go. Yep, the refs, terrible, terrible call. But I don't uh, think he pushed him. It looked like the corner tripped. It was hand fighting as well before that. Stupid call. But, yeah, I mean, the Bills are just putting up impressive numbers just like the Chiefs and then adding Naeem Hines to that. I bet they get OBJ, too. I don't know if you even want that headache. I don't Plus, who knows, headache. When, who knows when they'll be able to play? Probably a month and a half or so. I don't know. And if they have that cap space. They do. Uh, but Monday Night Football, you had the Browns beat the Bengals 32-13. to Browns D holds strong, only allowing 13 points in the fourth quarter. And Nick Chubb ran for, I believe, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, Amari no, Cooper tried throwing a pass, threw a pick. No Jamar Chase uh, for the Bengals. Bit of a factor here, it appears. Um I think the Bengals will be fine, but I also think the Browns were due for one. That's why I picked them. So I'm not surprised by this result. Maybe I thought it might have been a little bit closer, but yeah, it was a it was a beatdown. Uh, and my last football pick or thing was a local guy, Blake Hans, guy from Jacksonville, went to Northwestern, got dealt, got released from the 49ers, goes back to Jacksonville, where he was originally drafted from. So we'll see if he gets back in. He's only had nine snaps on the year between uh, offensive line and special teams. So best of luck. See if he gets in a little bit down there in Jacksonville. He just might. A little local guy shout out. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Let's go to the golf. Uh, Last weekend we had the Butterfield Bermuda Championship winner Seamus Power. Won 1.2 million, shot 19 under. And then this weekend we have the Worldwide Technology Championship, basically just known as the Mayakoba 2022, but defending champion Victor Hovland at El Camaleon Golf Course at Mayakabo in Quintana Roo, Mexico. Bit of a better field this week than last week, so uh, we'll see how it goes, I suppose. Future future uh, betting picks, though, on other fields like the Bermuda Championship, we probably won't be picking them. Fair to say, fair to say. All right, let's, uh, let's get into college hoops. Um, season begins next Monday, November 7th. A lot of games going down. You'll have all the early season tournaments and such should be very, very exciting. And I might as well uh, give out my top 25, which has only been spoken publicly on one other network or forum. So 
here we go. I might as well uh, might as well do this thing. My top twenty-five. Usually, there's teams in in the front of this that don't work out as well. Um, eventually, I think maybe Texas a couple years ago is one that I had really high that were bad, and yeah. So, all right, let's do it. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go one through twenty-five. Uh, I'll just do my top ten first, just to you know slow down. Uh, number one is Houston. Number two is Gonzaga. Three is North Carolina. Four is Creighton. Five is Baylor. Six, Kansas. Seven, Arkansas. Eight, UCLA. Nine, San Diego State. Ten, Texas. A little bit higher on Creighton than some are. There, a lot of people have them top ten. I went top five. I wish I would have ranked Baylor a little bit higher. They have them at five, but uh, Arkansas also pretty high on, despite the fact there's a ton of newcomers there. Um. 11 through 25 is 11 Texas or 11 Tennessee, 12 Villanova, 13 TCU, 14 Duke, 15 Arizona, 16 Indiana, 17 Alabama, 18 Texas Tech, 19 Oregon, 20 Illinois, 21 Michigan, 22 Yukon, 23 Xavier, 24 Dayton, 25 Virginia, and just missing the cut. Auburn, Notre Dame, and St. Louis. So pretty much 28 teams there. Uh, only three Big Ten teams. Notable, the Big Ten, not going to be very good this year if I had to guess. Uh, I went a little lower on Duke than others. I'm a little bit worried about them, especially early in the season, given how young they are with a new coach. I think they're going to come out the gates a little bit slower, which they'll probably be fine given the talent there. But I'm not going to be as high on them as others. Uh, I think some people have them in like the six, seven, eight, nine range. I just I think the fourteen, is- which is respectable. I mean, it's also first or John Shire's first year at the helm by himself with a lot of new players too. And I think Derek Whitehead, if he's, I don't even think he's healthy to start the season, so that's probably an issue. Uh, Lively, obviously, everybody thinks he's going to be a stud. I think he will be, but I think it's going to take some time. So, yeah. but no Coach K losing Nolan Smith. A lot of changes there. Yeah, I think they'll come out a little bit slower. But, I mean, you look at the ACC, I don't think there's a ton of competition for them other than UNC is loaded because they got everybody back and they replaced Brady Manick with Pete Nance, who's probably more versatile anyway. And Virginia, I think, will be good. Uh, But other than that, it's not that great of a conference uh, going into the season at least. Which Which Virginia could could be a different two without their head coach. We will see. Um, I mean, I don't really have that much else in terms of preview. I feel like you look at the landscape of the sport and there's programs that are really starting to establish themselves every year of being just dominant. And I think Gonzaga has always been that way. Uh, Baylor is just consistently good despite how much they've lost in the last few years. Houston is becoming that. Uh, Creighton has like a once in a lifetime opportunity with that roster this year with how many returning players they have and how much youth they have as well. Uh, UCLA's back to being consistently good every season. Mick Cronin's done a great job there. I like their team more than others. Um, Arizona seems to be back as well. There's a couple rough years there on the way out for Sean Miller, but they're really good. TCU's another team that has a really good roster that you don't ever see that often. Um, 
Indiana's got an opportunity with how many returning players they have. Probably the best roster in the Big Ten in terms of a safe pick because I think Illinois and Michigan are like boomer bust teams. I don't know bust, but like could be really good, could be 10 seed type teams. So season begins on Monday, November 7th. We'll uh, we'll, we'll talk more then and we'll talk about uh, picks and such we'll be doing next week. So and then what you had, the Gonzaga D thing? Yeah, Gonzaga AD meeting with Big 12 commissioner to discuss Gonzaga possibly joining the conference. I'm kind of surprised since I thought that the fact they didn't have football would always hurt them, but I'm not that surprised given the fact that Big 12 is going to be losing some stuff in the next few years, so now you want to replace that. Plus, Big 12 basketball is in a great spot already, and losing right. Texas and Oklahoma is not going to be that big of a loss for basketball. Well, no, then you'll probably see some pack some Pac-12 teams moving, which then if you're missing a, a, a school that doesn't have football, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is probably good for the sport. Uh, and then what was the last? Bill Self. What was the? Bill Self, Kansas, and an assistant, uh, self-imposed suspension for four games. So, oh, I didn't know it was self imposed. Yeah. So, I don't think the NCAA is actually going to review this until after the season, conveniently, especially since this investigation is going back five years. So, Kansas trying to get out in front of it by self imposing a suspension on Bill Self and an assistant. So, it's just, it's stupid, but whatever. I, I, I think he's going to miss one of their big games to start the season. I, do they play Michigan State? Uh, I think they play Michigan State. Let me check. Like one of the early no, tournaments. No, they played Duke. They played Duke. They played Duke. Third game of the year is against Duke. So he'll miss Nebraska Omaha. They'll win that by 30. North Dakota State, they'll win that by 25 at least. Then he'll miss the Duke game and Southern Utah. So is that at a is that actually at a home court or is that like in New York or something? That's the College Hoops Classic, I believe, is what it's called. Uh it's a, this is uh this game is at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Which what is that Indy? Indianapolis, yes. Usually they're in at MSG for that little series they have with Michigan State and so Michigan State and Kentucky will play there as well. Might be one to go to. Who knows? Uh all right, Major League Baseball. Uh yeah, you had a uh the Dodgers third baseman Justin Turner wins the Roberto Clemente Award. And then you had the Gold Glove winners announced. American League uh, pitcher Shane Bieber of Cleveland, catcher Jose Trevino of New York, first baseman Vlad Guerrero Jr. of Toronto, second base Andres Jimenez from Cleveland, third baseman Roman Urias of Baltimore, shortstop Jeremy Pena of Houston, left fielder Stephen Kwan of Cleveland, center field Miles Straw of Cleveland, right fielder Kyle Tucker of Houston, utility was DJ LeMahieu of New York, National League pitcher Max Fried of Atlanta, catcher JT Real Muta of Philly, first baseman Christian Walker of Arizona, Second baseman, Brendan Rodgers of Colorado. Third baseman, for his 10th straight year, Nolan Arenado of St. Louis. Shortstop, Dansby Swanson of Atlanta. Uh, left fielder, Ian Happ of the Cubs. Center field, Trent Grisham 
of the Padres, right fielder Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, and utility Brendan Donovan of the Cardinals, which you and me are both surprised. Tommy Edmond was nominated in second base and utility didn't get either. But, I mean, Donovan played all over as well, so yeah. at least it was one of them. Yeah, and Brendan Rodgers had really good numbers at second base, so I understand it, I guess. But uh, either way. Uh, and my other thing before we get to yours was uh, home plate umpire Pat Hoberg of who called game two of the World Series called a 100% perfect game. Called 100% uh, strike actually or act accuracy and a hundred percent ball accuracy didn't miss a single call i mean you know that's uh pretty good in the world series especially so not too bad um the phillies they hit five homers last night in the rescheduled world series game three uh i mean lance mccullers was bad that's pretty much all i have to say about that People think he was tipping pitches. I mean, he said he wasn't, but he might have been. Oh, and lastly, the Kansas City Royals are hiring Matt Quattraro as their new manager. Uh, he's 48, has been the Rays bench coach, and also worked in Cleveland. He's adored among players, coaches, and execs, and is regarded as the ideal type or ideal type to shepherd the Royals' young core. We'll see. So right now in the World Series, the Phillies are up two to one in the series. Is game four tonight? I think so, yeah. I didn't know if they pushed it back because game three being rescheduled. Game four is tonight. 703. Phillies could be up big or it could be tied. If Verlander's pitching. Odds are Phillies are going to be a big. It's Christian Javier. It's a good thing for the Astro fans. Aaron Nola, who they – Aaron Nola's been a little shaky last couple starts, so we'll see. Player of the week. Yeah. I'm going Kyle Schwarber. Feels like it's like the third time I've picked him in like the last two months, but I'll roll with it. Uh, I think I had him last week. Yeah, three for ten. Three runs, a homer, two RBIs, 1,062 OPS. Uh, he had a home run that was almost a home run. It was a foul ball in game two, I believe. So, yeah. I didn't want to pick a Phillies player, so I went with Houston right fielder Kyle Tucker. Uh, it was only three for 12. He had two runs, two home runs, four RBIs, nine total bases, one walk, a 1.4. Oh five eight OPS. Yeah, he's had a great or he had a great start to the series. Most of that was in the first game, I believe. And then got awarded a, a gold glove yesterday. There you go. All right, let's go to the NHL. The St. Louis Blues and Toronto Maple Leafs not focusing on or considering coaching changes after slow starts. I would think that the Leafs are more likely to make a move there than the Blues would be, but. I've been surprised before. It's the only time I don't like watch your tweets is during hockey season because I know you're watching the entire Blues game and you you talk about everything. Details matter. Details matter. Uh, former Blue, Tage Thompson, first-round pick, traded to Buffalo in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Six-point game on Halloween against the Red Wings. Uh, 
three goals, three assists. He's the third player ever to score six points in Halloween, which is a weird stat for people to keep. But uh, the other two are Wayne Gretzky and Bobby Clark. So that's good uh, good company there for Tage. And this and, is six uh, points on Halloween just against the Red Wings. Yeah. Yeah. They beat him up eight to three. It was a, it was a beat down by Buffalo, which is something you can't say very often. Uh, NHL stat leaders through November 1st. Points, shocker, it's Connor McDavid who had four last night. He's got 22 points. He also leads in goals with 11. Assists his teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, with 16. He had five points last night. Went they're on the same sp- line, right? I don't know. They, they mix it up a lot. I think they prefer to have McDavid as the first-line center and Dreisaitl as the second-line center. But they're obviously getting a lot of points in the power play, too, where they are together. Uh, but as of right now, McDavid is with Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. Dreisaitl is with Kane and Yamamoto. So, But they're on the ice plenty. Man advantage. Uh, wins leader is still Linus Allmark of the Bruins with seven. And then save percentage leader is still Jake Ottinger, who did get hurt, but he got a 952 in seven games, so it counts. Uh, then team points leaders tie between Boston at 9-1-0 and Vegas at 9-2-0, both teams with 18 points with new coaches, one of which went from Boston to Vegas. The other one went from St. Louis to Boston. So I like it. Hot, hot starts for veteran teams is how I would define those two. Uh, let's go to college football, the top 25. Number one is okay, still before, – Before we get into that, uh, you had a head coaching firing in Auburn. They fire uh, Harson after less than two seasons, and their interim head coach is their – 2004 running back, uh, Cadillac Williams, step in to coach the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, uh, it was a disaster. That was probably a move that had to be made. And we'll see where they go with it. I heard rumblings of Lane Kiffin. I mean, I wouldn't be that surprised, but you never know. And still surprised that they fired Gus Malzahn, but. Yep. Uh, Top 25, number one, Georgia. Number two, Tennessee and Ohio State flip. Ohio State goes to three. Michigan and Clemson stay at four and five. This is also the AP top 25, even though the college football playoff did come out. It has Tennessee at one. Yeah, and also it had uh, Wake Forest and Seep State back. It had LSU at like 10. Uh, but Alabama stays at six. TCU stays at seven. Oregon stays at eight. USC up one to nine. UCLA up two to number ten. Ole Miss up four to eleven. Utah up two to twelve. Kansas State up nine to thirteen. Illinois up three to fourteen. LSU up three to fifteen. When's the last time LS or Illinois has been ranked this high? Two thousand seven, probably. Right to guess they were Rose Bowl that season. Is that when they had like uh, Menden Mendenhall? Yeah, those those guys. Uh, Sixteen Penn State down three, North Carolina up four to seventeen, Oklahoma State down nine to eighteen, Tulane up four to nineteen, and Wake Forest down ten to number twenty. NC State up three to twenty-one, Syracuse down six to twenty-two, Liberty, Oregon State, and UCF. 23, 24, 25, just getting into the rankings. All right. Let's do the picks. Last Which week. It's crazy that Oregon State is somehow into the rankings. 
It is bizarre. Uh, last week for me, not good. Saved myself with two and zero in the NHL, two and zero in the NBA. But I was three and five in college football, two and six in the NFL. Did get one golfer, ten and eleven on the week, five forty seven and four thirty seven overall. You said you had a bad week, and here I thought I'm going to gain on you. I mean, I went twelve and nine, but I was zero for two in the NHL, zero for two in the NBA. I did get Seamus Power to win. And then I was five and three in uh, college football, and six and two in the NFL. All right, yeah, I don't uh, know. I thought the Utah game was a lock against Washington State. They only won by four. And then I had Oklahoma State plus one and a half, and they lost by, or they lost forty-eight to nothing. Yeah, that was a beatdown of epic proportions, no doubt about it. All right. They wanted to make a statement. That they did. Uh, let's do the golf, make, uh, the Mayacoba Worldwide Technologies, whatever it's called. Uh, who you got? Man, I even shuffled my things around for how you normally go, and he just flipped it again. Well, but this is the lesser event of everything that we do, pretty much. Uh, to win, I have Scotty Shuffler plus 900, Victor Hovland plus 1,000, Billy Horschel plus 1,600. I got uh, Morikawa plus 1,600, Jason Day plus 4,500, and of course, Davis Riley plus 8,000. Uh, my top five is Colin Morikawa plus 400, and my top 10 is Seamus Power plus 450. He's been playing well so far this year. Top five, Tom Hoagie plus 600, of course, and top 10, JT Poston plus 550. You really vultured Tom, I did. Tom I Hogue did. away from me. Yep. Uh, let's do NHL for Thursday. Uh, I got the Bruins plus 105 over the Rangers and the Islanders plus 105 over the Blues. Something's got to give with the Blues. They're not going to lose six in a row. I'll take a minus 125 against the Islanders. And then I'll take the Devils. Scrappy Devils team scoring a lot of goals. They, uh, I'll have them surprising the Oilers at plus 140 in Edmonton. I think that's going to be like an 8-7 or a 7-6 game. So, You know, I'm really glad that we don't pick NHL games for Wednesday. I'm glad we switched that last year. There's never any games on Wednesday. It's like two There's games. been like three, and then yeah. tonight there's two. It's because of TNT, yeah. Uh, NBA picks for Wednesday. Wednesday's the NBA ESPN night, but there's a lot more games than the national games. Uh, I got the Pelicans minus three over the Lakers. Even though the Lakers have been looking better since they put Russell Westbrook as their sixth man to be, come in and be their scoring threat when LeBron and AD and everybody are off the court. It's not bad. And then I have the Jazz plus six and a half over the Mavs. I just want to note that last week, I picked the Bucks to beat the Nets and the Nuggets to beat the Lakers with the spread, and both games were 110 to 99. I feel like that doesn't happen often. Both ESPN games were the same score. Very weird. Uh, I got the Cavs plus one against the Celtics tonight, and then I have the Bulls minus four and a half against the Hornets. All right, college football, five power conference games. Uh, ACC, I have Clemson minus three and a half over Notre Dame. I have uh, Georgia Tech plus three at Virginia Tech. Uh, Big 12, Kansas State plus two and a half over Texas. Oklahoma State got embarrassed last week. I'll take them minus two at Kansas. Uh, Big 10, I got Purdue 
minus four and a half over Iowa. Every other um, Big Ten spread was huge. Yeah, I'm turning my back on Rutgers after last week's embarrassment. I picked them last week against Minnesota. They didn't score any points. I'll take Michigan minus 26. I hope Michigan beats them by 50 over Rutgers. And I want to take that Michigan State game, but I don't know how many players are going to be suspended for yeah. the game and everything after what happened after the Michigan Michigan State game. Yeah. Uh, Pac-12, I have UCLA minus 10.5 over Arizona State. I have California plus 21 at USC. Why not? Uh, and then SEC, I have South Carolina minus seven over Vandy. I have uh, Kentucky, a pick em against Missouri. No spread, pick em, easy money. And then our three primetime games, you got number two, Tennessee, at number one, Georgia. Georgia is an eight-point favorite. Tennessee's answered the bell every big game this season, but I think Georgia is going to remind everybody who they are. Georgia minus eight. That, before today, it was eight and a half, but I'm still going to do it. I'm taking Tennessee. And then I'm also hoping the Bucks can somehow draft uh, Tennessee's quarterback. There you go. Who I think should win the Heisman. Probably will if they continue to win like this. Uh, second game, number six, Alabama at number 15, LSU. Bama is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. I've picked against Alabama enough, so I'm not going to do it here. I'll take Alabama minus 13-and-a-half. I'm taking it too, even though LSU somehow keeps rising up to the ranks now. I think someone's got to stop them. And if Bama loses here, they're probably out of the playoffs. Oh, they're out, yeah. If they lose, they're out, yeah. So I don't think Saban is going to be wanting that. No. And lastly, you got number 20, Wake Forest at 21, NC State. Wake Forest is a four-point favorite. I'll take Wake Forest minus four. I, I, I don't. I, NC State's been such a disappointing team this season, so I'm as well taking that. The only other game that was the decent ranked matchup would have been the Kansas State Texas game, but oh, we had Kansas State like yeah. two weeks in a row. Yeah, I think everybody's seen enough of them for a couple weeks. So, but I still picked them in my Big Twelve <laughs> matchup. But that's true. It wasn't All one right. of our prime time games. The NFL Thursday night. Eagles at Texans. Eagles are a 14-point favorite. I'm taking the Eagles. I'm always hesitant with undefeated teams. I think the Texans are going to surprise some people and lose this game by 13, so I'll take the Texans plus 14. There is a loss on the board for Ethan. Probably so, but I'm willing to take the risk. Uh, my five Sunday games, which, by the way, there's only one 305 game and one 325 game. Everything else is noon and the Sunday night game. Yep. I don't know why this Sunday that's the deal or if it's because the voting thing, but even though the voting thing's Tuesday, the Ravens still got to get home to do that. A lot of uh, a lot of buy. There's six teams on a buy this week, I think, so that takes away three games right there. But – I got the Dolphins minus five over the Bears. 
Packers minus four over the Lions. Raiders minus one and a half over the Jags. Hopefully they can bounce back after the Saints embarrassed them. The Vikings minus three and a half over the Commanders. And the Cardinals minus two over the Seahawks. I will take the Vikings minus three and a half over the Commies. Uh, Jets plus 12 and a half against the Bills. Colts plus five and a half at the Patriots. Jaguars plus one and a half against the Raiders. And the Bengals minus seven and a half against the Panthers. You just and, have to always pick one game against me. And saying that, I don't have any confidence in these picks. So, uh, Sunday night. You got the Titans at Chiefs. Chiefs are a 12 and a half point favorite. Taking Chiefs. the Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. Easy pick. Monday night. Uh, you got the Ravens at the Saints. Ravens are a two and a half point favorite. I am taking the Ravens. As am I. As am I. All right. I think the Saints are still going to be without their back end with Lattimore and their safety. Michael Thomas will probably still be hurt with whatever is bothering him not this week. Yep. It's going to be an ugly one, I think. Uh, all right. That will do it for us. We'll be back next week for number 85. Lots more to discuss. College basketball will be underway by then. We'll have picks for that and a lot more. So we'll see you next week for number 85. Deuces.